Hey, welcome to Younger and Older with Jason and Dave, and we're excited to be back with you to talk about real-life issues with a younger perspective and older perspective. And so it's great to be back with you guys, and uh, it's, it's been a fun time of year. You know, for us, we just got done celebrating Thanksgiving, and it seems to be a year where there's a lot of family-related activities, a lot of... Uh, and your family expanded. That's right. And my family expanded. We just had the birth of my third son. Uh, Whoa. So that's exciting. Every, he's so that was a fun Thanksgiving? It was fun. It was chaotic in one sense, but it was a good chaotic. And how are your how are the brothers adjusting? They're adjusting better than well. We we knew a, my oldest would do well, and then my middle one now, who was the baby, uh, we were, we were hesitant that he was going to be protective of mama, but he's actually done really well. Okay. So it's it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun to see them even interested in in uh, our new baby boy um, and all that. So it's been good. Now you know what when they're young like this, you you have dreams for them of what they could do and what they could be a part of, and, and oh, yeah. just fulfilling life. Right, right, and it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun just to look at them and just to see them. They so they quick they they quickly grow up. You know what I'm saying? They do, and, and it's amazing how much even within because he's like a week and a half old now. How much from birth till now he's even changed and grown mm-hmm. and, and all that. So it's Well, that's what they do when they're young, don't they? They just kind of grow. Yeah. I oh, mean, absolutely. you sit there and you, you can almost watch them. Right, right. And it's amazing. It's yep. amazing. So, and, it, and it's, it's enjoyable. You know, it's, it's a good time of year for us because things have slowed down here at camp for a little bit. It's actually the only time at camp that we don't have any groups between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I know. I thought perfect timing. So it was you. perfect. Unlike my second child, <laughs> who was born two weeks before summer started. Yes. <laughs> so that was a little different. Well, but, t- uh, you know, Todd, who works with us here in the studio, he is uh, got a child coming here in June, I believe. So that's right. That's right. I I told him yeah. I'm like you should have took a rule from my uh, from my playbook and not yeah, to do that. Yeah, that's that's so, interesting. But, but with being the holiday season, Dave, I know that a lot of people tend to do you know things together as a family, whether it's Thanksgiving or leading up to Christmas. But I know that even within that, what you know, there's there's some broken families. There's even there's some pain beyond that. And a lot of times during holiday seasons, there's a lot of loneliness that's felt. There is. You know, I mean, I, it's it's different for every person. Um, but I know that sometimes people don't look forward to holidays because of that, yeah. because it highlights their loneliness or, or seclusion or lack of or, or whatever it is. Um, and so, and so I'd love to talk about that this show and, and maybe even offer hope for those people. You know, it is really hard because every one of us have um, people in our families who aren't with us anymore. Yeah. Because that's the way life is. There's, you know, you get older and things happen and you're not there anymore. There used to be a grandpa, grandma there, or great grandpa or somebody. Yeah. Uh, even there are people who aren't with us because of suicide mm. and because of uh, early um, disease that have taken them or something, some other tragedy that might have happened. Uh, what I'd love to do today a little bit is talk about uh, the hope that's really available to people, especially those of uh, the listeners that are listening today that might be thinking, Life isn't worth it. And they're actually contemplating quietly or, or publicly the idea of ending their life. I'd like to speak to them today if we yeah, can. Yeah, absolutely. Because when I think of your three boys, mm-hmm. I think, you know, life is worth living, enjoying, and, and living the way we were meant to be. Yep. And if you can do that, you can enjoy life. Mm-hmm. But the problem really is we try and live life apart from how we're meant to be. Let let me read something to you from Jeremiah, the book of Jeremiah, the eighth chapter. At the beginning of it, it says, At the time, declares the Lord, the bones of the kings of Judah, the bones of its officials, the bones of the priests, the bones of the prophets, the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be brought out of their tombs. 
And they shall be spread before the sun and the moon and all the host of heaven, which they have loved and served, which they have gone after, which they have sought and worshipped. And they shall not be gathered or buried. They shall be as dung on the surface of the ground. Death shall be preferred to life by all the remnant that remains evil all in this evil family, in all the places where I have driven them, declares the Lord of hosts. This passage is very interesting. What's interesting, it starts off saying that, you know, your leadership, the people who went before you, mm-hmm. their bones will be taken out. Yep. Now, what does that show? It shows that their lives are over, that their influence is over, mm-hmm. that the flesh that was on their bones isn't there. And the very thing that they worship, the, the, the God of the sun and whatever, is going to rot their flesh. Yeah. In other words, these leaders weren't very good leaders in that they focused on this life. Right. And this life was taken from them, and they're not there anymore. But the one line in there in verse 3, death shall be preferred to life is interesting to me. Yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a suicidal thought pattern. Right. And, and as you go into this chapter, what you basically see is that what's happened is there are people that have turned away from God, and they want to find satisfaction in this life, and they can't. Right. But they're refusing to go to God. Right. Death is preferred to those people mm-hmm. because this life has no meaning. Right. You know, it, it's interesting. Let me, let me just throw something by you, kind of a curveball. But if you were to come to me today, Jason, and say, you know what, I, I'm suicidal, and you're just honest with me. You're talking about I, I don't want to live anymore. This life doesn't make any sense. I would probably say, well, you're smarter than most. Hmm. And you might, how would you respond to I'd that? I'd be like, what? Well, because you're running from God, if you were. Mm-hmm. You're running from God and trying to make sense out of a world without God. It's not making sense. So what you're telling me is that life doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I agree. You do? I do. Huh. Without God, there's no, there's no way you can make sense out of right. it. Right. Absolutely. So the problem, you're not thinking forward enough. Mm-hmm. Because the problem is death without God is even worse. Mm. Right. So you're trying to solve a problem by adding a problem to a problem. That sounds like a problem. It is a problem. <laughs> and, and so you can't, you can't do that. Right. You, you can't add problems to problems and expect it to work. See, what's happening, uh, if, you go, if you go down in this, this passage, it's kind of interesting because what they talk about is listening to the wise men and all that kind of stuff, and, and they say, because... Um, from the least to the greatest, everybody is greedy for gain. Prophets are deal falsely. They talk about healing in a way that doesn't heal. It's a cheap fix. Mm. Now, it's kind of like this. If you came to me, Jason, and you said, you know what, I, don't, I despair life, and I, I don't want to live, and, and I say, why? Well, because everybody around me is um, rude, and, and they have better jobs than me, and I don't. Okay, so I would look at you and say, oh, Jason, it's not that bad, and I'd tap you on the back. Mm-hmm. For a moment, that's like a Band-Aid on a bleeding wound. Right. For a moment, you go, oh, yeah, it's not that bad. Right. I didn't fix anything. Right. I didn't fix anything. And that's what, in this chapter, and I encourage our listeners to go read chapter 8, that's what they're talking about. There are teachers that come and fill you with lies and fill you with ideas, and it, it, it is a surface healing, but it's not healing. Mm-hmm. 
So, so what you could do in life is you can be somebody who says, you know what, I need to feel better right now to make life better. Mm-hmm. So you can do all kinds of stupid things right now. Right. You can go out and get yourself drunk. You can go out and do illicit sexual things. You get involved in pornography if that makes you feel better for the moment. You can get out and, and get involved in politics if that makes you feel better for a moment. I don't know how that could work, but uh, <laughs> you could. You know, yep. and, and, and all of those things are like Band-Aids to a major disease. Right. And that's what this chapter is talking about. If you're going to ignore God, then this life doesn't make sense and death should scare you. Hmm. So suicide isn't one of your options or shouldn't be. Right. Because Absolutely. you need to first understand who God is and respond to his love. Mm-hmm. Because if not, there is no answer for you. And you're right. The idea of despairing life is there. And, and you're only living consistently with what you're finding. Mm-hmm. So, you know, m- my answer to people who are suicidal right now is, okay, you're, if you're running from God, you're smarter than most. Because you're seeing that this life is worthless. Mm-hmm. And you've tried the Band-Aid approach. Right. You've gone and said, well, if I get rich, you know, it's kind of like this. Uh, you ever see that illustration where they have a carrot out in front of somebody? Yes. As long as you got the carrot there, you keep going. You keep going after it. What happens if you get it? You eat it. Yeah. Now it's not there. And then it's not there. And then you stop. Yeah. What do you do then? That's what I'm saying. Right. So what carrot is out there for people? Mm-hmm. What are they chasing? Yeah, and I would ask the, our listeners, what, what, what is the carrot that you're chasing? You think if you ever got it, like if you're young, if you're young, not married, the carrot might be, I need to get married, need to right. have kids. If you have, have a good job, yeah. make a lot of money. So what happens when you get the carrot? It's not enough. It's not fulfilling. You got to find another you carrot. You got to find another carrot, right. So if, what happens is this midlife crisis one day takes over. Yeah. You get to the point where you got the carrot. Maybe not even midlife sometimes, yeah. sometimes sooner. And you're looking at it going, I didn't get what I needed to out of this carrot. Mm-hmm. Now what do you do, hang a cabbage in front of you or something? Or, I mean, you, <laughs> Piece of chocolate. Something. <laughs> you know, I mean, all of a sudden it's, I got to have something else there. Right. So maybe you get divorced, maybe you change jobs, maybe you move from the south to the north or north to the south. I mean, right. Who knows? Because what you're doing is saying, I'm dissatisfied and I need have a band-aid right you don't need a band-aid you need you need to have it cured right absolutely so a lot of it what you're saying is how we set up our expectations on life in general and what we're looking for you know because if we're expecting the world to have an answer to those needs we're not going to find it whereas if we if we find it in god that's that's what's happening most exactly and that's what i'm saying is be honest if you came and you said life is not worth living my first question is do you love god right if your answer is no Right. I'm going, that's why it's not worth living. You're right. Right. Absolutely. And, and you know what I've noticed is that the tendency of, of people that get into this thought process, you know, and this is just an observation, and I don't know if it happens all the time, is that they tend to seclude themselves. You know, they start to draw back, which then accentuates the fact that, you know, of, of their thought process and, and the lack of satisfaction. You know, they, they start to isolate themselves. They start to turn to themselves, realize that, that they're not getting the carrot, as you put it, and they're not even setting themselves up to, to even change it. And that's where they get to the point of despair. And it's like, man, what's the, what's the point here? You know? And that's, 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 that's where we're trying to speak hope into. Because if you're out there listening and you're at that point where, where you've been chasing that, that carrot, whatever it is, you know, whether you've been chasing, you know, finding the perfect 
boyfriend, girlfriend, waiting for that wife or husband to come, wanting to land the right job or, or be successful or have the right friends or, or look right, have popularity, whatever it is, whatever you've been trying to fill the, the gap with, but it hasn't been working, you know, I would encourage you to, to pursue God. And many of you would be like, well, God hasn't been good to me. You know, he's done this in my life or that in my life, or he allowed this to happen. And, and I just don't think that God would do that. You know, here, here's the challenge I want to give to you is, is, is as you pursue God, challenge him to show up in your life and to say, you know what, God, show me that, that you are real. You know, because the people in my life that I've known that have actually challenged God in that way, not challenge, challenge might not be the right word, but really ask God to say, you know what, show me yourself. They found him, you know, and they, and they found that, that life is more than just the, the things in this world that bring us limited satisfaction. You know, a lot of it is finding that, that eternal satisfaction and realizing that our, our perspective needs to change. But the problem is, is that it's hard to see that perspective if you're at the point where you've totally isolated yourself and turned yourself off to any other opinion. You know, and, and, and going back to even this passage, that's kind of what it's talking about. It's like if you're to the point where, where you know, death is, is the only answer, um, yep. you know, there's, there's, no, there's no hope in that. Right. And, you know, it, it, it tells us that. The wise men one day, the people that talk about it works without God in verse 9, it, it basically says they shall be dismayed. Right. You know, why? Because they're trying to find answers without God. Yeah. And when you try and find answers without God, you're going to be miserable. Right. So, I, you know, if today you're feeling that way, first of all, I, you can go to relate365.com and there's a button there and there's a, a counselor 24 seven that you can chat with right now. So you could do that. Yep. But more importantly, we, we encourage you that you need to be somebody who pursues God in a real way. Absolutely, Dave. And, and this is, this is something for even you as a listener, if you know somebody, I would encourage you to help, you know, help them to talk and have conversations. So we're going to, we're going to keep going with this discussion. We're going to take a short break and be right back here on Younger and Older.